0: Hello friends, I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 24. If a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her from his house, and if, after she leaves his house, she becomes the wife of another man, and her second husband dislikes her and writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her from his house, or if he dies, then her first husband, who divorced her, is not allowed to marry her again after she has been defiled. That would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. Do not bring sin upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. If a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war, or have any other duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he is married. Do not take a pair of millstones, not even the upper one, as security for a debt, because that would be taking a person's livelihood as security. If someone is caught kidnapping a fellow Israelite and treating or selling them as a slave, the kidnapper must die. You must purge the evil from among you. In cases of defiling skin diseases, be very careful to do exactly as the Levitical priests instruct you. You must follow carefully what I have commanded them. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam along the way after you came out of Egypt. When you make a loan of any kind to your neighbor, do not go into their house to get what is offered to you as a pledge. Stay outside and and let the neighbor to whom you are making the loan bring the pledge out to you. If the neighbor is poor, do not go to sleep with their pledge in your possession. Return their cloak by sunset, so that your neighbor may sleep in it. Then they will thank you, and it will be regarded as a righteous act in the sight of the Lord your God. Do not take advantage of a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether that worker is a fellow Israelite or a foreigner residing in one of your towns. Pay them their wages each day before sunset because they are poor and they're counting on it. Otherwise, they may cry out to the Lord against you and you will be guilty of sin. Parents are not to be put to death for their children, nor children put to death for their parents. Each will die for their own sin. Do not deprive the foreigner or the fatherless of justice, or take the cloak of the widow as a pledge. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. That is why I command you to do this. When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheath, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat the olives from your trees... Do not go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. When you harvest the grapes in your vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That's why I command you to do this. So we we begin this chapter with some divorce guidelines, and before I read them, I just want to say Jesus made very clear in the New Testament that the only reason Moses gave regulations regarding divorce at all was because of the hardness of the people's hearts. In other words, Jesus explained that it was not the will of God from the beginning for anyone to ever divorce, and friends, we live in an imperfect world. And obviously, there are cases of divorce uh, that all of us know about, some of them within our own families. But it is not the perfect will of God for our marriages to end in divorce. And so as I read these words from chapter 24, just recognize that the Lord is accommodating people in their weakness, their frailty, and in many cases, their sin to allow divorce. He's condescending to allow it, but it's not His desire. In verse 1, If a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her from his house, and in Judaism that was all that was required, I might add, uh, to write the certificate of divorce and to send her away. Then verse two, and if after she leaves his house, she becomes the wife of another man and her second husband dislikes her and writes her another certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house too. Then her first husband who divorced her is not allowed to take her back and marry her again because she's been um, wed to this second man after the first divorce. It's very complicated, but this would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. He considers it a sin to divorce marry someone else, and then we go back and remarry the first person. So um, is that a sin in our current world, perhaps? Is there grace and forgiveness for it? There certainly is. There's some rules for newlyweds here. I think that's fascinating, too. Um, in verse 5, if a man has recently married, so this is a newlywed man, he must not be sent to war or have any duty laid on him. For one year, he's to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he is married. I think that's a wonderful regulation. I wish that was universally applied. I think um, marriages would be stronger, certainly, if the husband and wife um, could afford to stay home together for the first year and uh, just bring happiness to one another and uh, really enjoy uh, a new relationship to its height. You know, I think it would be fantastic. Sadly, um, in our modern culture, this is not done but i think it'd be a great thing to do i'd love to see it in this chapter the death penalty is applied for those that are involved in kidnapping or what we would call human trafficking verse 7 if someone is caught kidnapping a fellow israelite and treating or selling them as a slave the kidnapper must die and so this death penalty i certainly agree with that friends um i'm involved in in helping to recover some victims of human trafficking Many of them uh, have their lives destroyed. The ones who don't escape often die in that circumstance, and uh, it's in essence it's murder. You're you're killing the person's life at the very least. But those who survive are the exceptions, the ones that get away. But the kidnappers themselves, those involved in the institution of human trafficking, I think there should be the death penalty. I do believe it's possible for them to repent and be forgiven. But I think that those that are continuing in this wicked, wicked endeavor should, in fact, be guilty of a capital crime, just like murder. Verse 14, do not take advantage of a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether that worker is a fellow Israelite or a foreigner residing in one of your towns. So this would um, do away with the idea of, for example, using illegal immigrants as pickers at extremely low, low wages. That would be taking advantage of the poor and needy. And so it says um, you're not to do that. You pay them their wages each day because they're poor, they need their money, and don't take advantage of them by paying them an unrealistic um, wage, or you'll be guilty of sin. So we're not to oppress the poor and the needy. Um, Even the immigrants among us that are not here uh, residing legally, they're not to be taken advantage of. Further, in verse 19, when you're harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheath, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigner, that would be the alien, the fatherless and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. Verse 20, leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless and the widow and then verse 21 again leave what remains for the foreigner the fatherless and the widow and so the gleanings the leftovers of the field you're not supposed to harvest your field with down to the last crumb you're supposed to leave a little bit for foreigners orphans and widows and uh, this is repeated in several places in the scriptures the lord leaves the leftovers and so in the in the book of ruth for example ruth uh, was a widow she was living with her mother-in-law naomi There was no men in the family, and Naomi sent Ruth out to glean leftover grain that was left behind in the fields. And in doing that, she ended up in the field of Boaz, who became her future husband. And so this, uh, the whole principle of leaving leftover grain is applied in the book of Ruth. Now, I'll tell you a quick story. I used to have a floor covering business, commercial floor covering business. And when you bid on an office building or an airport or a hospital or any any large project, you bid on a completed job. In other words, you bid X number of dollars, not X amount per foot or per yard. You bid a total. And so if you if you're exact in your bid you're going to end up short. You're not going to have enough. You always have to have more than what the total job requires. A little bit more. So what I would do is I had a set of shelves in my warehouse that I would put the leftovers, the odds and ends leftovers from every job and then if any poor or needy person came by needing some floor covering, I would give it to him for free out of those leftovers. And I based it on the principle of leaving the gleanings for the poor. I know that we're not under the old covenant law, but I like that concept. I liked having the ability to bless poor foreigners or orphans or widows or whoever finds himself in poverty, I like that. And I think the Lord was pleased with that. I wish I could do it now as a pastor. We do have uh, benevolences for various people in various circumstances in the church, but it's not the same as, as what I'm describing. But Lord, make us mindful of the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows that you care so much about and you mention so frequently in the scriptures. Make us mindful of those that oppress the poor, and Lord, help us to be on your side in the way of dealing with aliens, legal and illegal alike, Lord, that we wouldn't take advantage of them. People that are poor and needy, Lord, may we pay them the wages that they deserve, and Lord, may we pay them promptly and not cheat them. God, forgive those that may be listening who have done that, and Lord, help us to do right by these people. In Jesus' name, amen.